episode of the Hatters Chatters podcast in association with Hatters Matters. Today I'm joined by Ben, Frank and Charlie uh, who replaced Kieran and Stephen from last week. Their Twitter uh, at Twitter at Twitter accounts. They'll be in the, uh, the description below. Um, how are we doing gentlemen? We all good? Good thank you. Yeah good thank you. Good week no county because obviously um, obviously we've had a a COVID situation. We have had a bit of a problem with COVID. Um, do we know how many players have tested positive? I think it was. I think it's about. I think it's is, about three or five. Richie Bennett, isn't it? Um, I saw Richie, Richie Bennett. Five, said about Richie Bennett in the lineup against Rochdale. Yeah. Bennett didn't play. Bennett didn't play against Rochdale because of COVID. Because it, I think Jim said his wife, his wife had COVID. I want to say. Or, or, or yeah, I think he was a friend. Yeah. Does anyone have Jim's specific words on on what he said? Um, because I, I think I believe that he said um, that he, he replied to someone on Twitter and said that uh, Richie Bennett's um, partner, uh, who works within the healthcare system, um, has, and I think that Richie Bennett's test is positive among, well, according to Notts County Twitter, they said multiple players. So that infers that obviously uh, it's more okay. than just Richie Bennett. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, we'll go into the um, standard two-week um, two-week quarantine, I suppose. Some of them, yeah. are, some of them are isolating, and some of them, um, some Jim of them said, are. are going into kind of the kind of pre-season um, starting regime of uh, kind of home fitness and going on daily runs and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're not at Carrington, basically. Okay, um, because this could derail our FA Cup, couldn't it? Um, we'll have to forfeit. Should yeah, we'll have to forfeit. Should um, should we not uh, recover in time? Um, and we'll miss Hartley. We'll miss. We miss, who did we miss today? Dagenham. Dagenham. Yeah. I think it was Dagenham, Hartlepool, and Eastley. We'll miss. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, from from the podcast, we wish everyone a speedy recovery. If they if they if they watch this, uh, I hope I hope Richie Bennett would watch the podcast <laughs> in his spare time. I don't I can't think of a better thing to do. Exactly. Uh, um, so yeah, um, what do we make of the FA Cup draw, Ben? What do you make about uh, Yeovil? Well, uh, obviously, looking at it on Monday, I was again hoping for I'd say like a lesser team within the draw, and I think we did get that. But um, obviously. It's the FA Cup. It's the magic of the cup. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. They could, they've not won all year, and they could come and turn us over. But out of everyone that we possibly could have got, we'd say it's a good draw. Charlie, what do you think, Yeovil? Uh, it's one of the easier draws could have had, considering they've not won a game this season. I would have preferred someone like Canvey at home, but we just don't know right. what to expect with them. Yeah, I'm. To be honest, I think it's the best draw that we could have. Got, I mean, to be honest, at the time I was thinking, let's get someone like Canvey or, you know, if we draw Portsmouth away, uh, so be it. Um, but the fact that we the fact that we have got Yeovil, they're in such a vulnerable position at the moment. And, I mean, kind of forgetting about the COVID thing almost because we can't really control that. It's, it's I, th- I feel like it's a really good draw for us um, because they, they, 
as I say, they're just such a vulnerable team. You know, draw, a draw against Woking um, when you're aiming to win the title. And um, when, you know, Woking's still part-time, I think, um, is really not a good look at all. And considering the form we were in before the players went into isolation, um, hopefully um, we can go away and win that game. Yeah, because we'll only have a week or less preparation for that Yeovil game. He didn't like the preparation, but I'm sure he'll have something lined up. You know, he won't waste these two weeks in uh, in isolation. He, you know, every every minute spares probably into county for Jim or, or his family, oh, um, yeah. which we love to see. Although county is his family in certain aspects, yeah. uh, I, I believe. Um, anyhow, speaking of Yeovil, Matty Warburton, he returned there and he got his first goal today. Um, who did they play? Woking. Uh, so Drew, Drew is Woking, last minute goal. Yeah, I think um, is Daryl Sarl. Do we think he's under a bit of pressure? Maybe at Yeovil, considering they 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 were their, their ambition was top seven. Charlie, we've got to be. Hasn't They'll it? be under a bit of pressure at the minute, considering where they are in the league table. Do you, can, can you can you see the We just need things to change soon otherwise they'll be out the door and they'll bring someone else in to try and get him back in the playoffs yeah fair enough um frank what do you think do you reckon they could do a barrow i reckon they could show up a bit um i i feel to to an extent they can but really on the scale of things i don't it's not i can't imagine it maybe it's me being cynical uh you know we know that crazy things can happen at this level um but personally, I feel that it's a bit of a, a bit of a uh, tucking at the strings to try and get that to work out for them. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, ben, how long can you see uh, Yeovil staying in that bottom, bottom four, four, bottom three? I, I think they'll end up finishing around like mid-table, pushing for the playoffs. But looking at their last run, last run of about five games, they've only managed to score two in five. So. Yeah, obviously that shows you the kind of they're lacking a bit of confidence up front. So I don't unless they again again Warburton starts firing, they might be in a bit of a sticky situation for the whole year. But I also we... saw on Twitter that their striker doesn't want to be at the club anymore, and he got twenty six goals I think last season. Who is it? Is it Courtney Doofus? Uh, Rich Murphy. Oh, okay. Um, so maybe a. Bit of a behind the scenes going on at Yeovil. I mean, personally, I can't see him in the bottom three. I think we discussed last week who we thought would be in the bottom three, and I think we said Barnet and Dover might be in there mm. uh, with one of the promoted sides, either a Kingsland or maybe an Altrincham, who both lost today, Kingsland 5 1 um, to, to Sutton, who again, Sutton are, uh, are near us. Um, do we reckon they could get in the playoffs? I think they're maybe dark horses. I can see it happening, to be fair. Um, I mean, they challenge every season. Uh, you know, obviously the famous FA Cup, I say success. I mean, they got to the fourth or fifth round, I remember. Um, I think fifth round it was um, in 2016. Um, so, that you know, Sutton are a team which are always going to challenge. Uh, I think it almost, at this stage, calling them the dark horses kind of, uh, a bit late, really. I think at this stage, Sutton are um, consistent challengers uh, to the playoffs in the National League. Um, and I feel, you know, obviously more than teams like Chesterfield, 
Um, and I think, you know, that they'll challenge. They're doing as well, if not better, than Notts County at this stage in the season. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, ben, what are your thoughts? Um, obviously, I was very surprised how they started off. I, when we played them last year, I didn't think, obviously, because it was 2 0 nil, it was quite flat games. I could see them, obviously, being around mid-table. But I never thought they'd start off like this. But again, they've only they played lesser teams, I'd say, and they've got quite a few hard games coming up. So I'd be very surprised if they managed to keep that by the end of um, November, going into December time. Yeah, fair enough. Um, another team that are in and around Sutton, Hartlepool and Eastleigh. Uh, we, I know we both mentioned them early, but that game, uh, that game was postponed today, which I guess is probably one of the better scenarios for us because, well, if we've got a backlog of games, let's hope the teams around us will have a backlog of games, maybe. Um, so, yeah, um, that was called off due to a waterlogged pitch. Now, can anyone think of any uh, any classic county games called off? I think there's the uh, the infamous hide, hide away that was postponed in about the, the 90th minute or something like that. Do we have any others? I thought um, I thought Gates had away when we went down was a, a, a rearranged fixture, um, but do we have any others? Uh, we had none eating at home a few years back. Yeah, we've had. We it was like I, middle of February time, and they got called off because of frosty pitch. I think, and yeah, they announced think, about yeah. thirty minutes before kickoff as well. I think we had, um, you know, uh, you talk about Neaton. I feel as though. I'm kind of thinking maybe it's Denise or maybe it was even another game where it, I mean, it, it got called off at about half one in the end. And I remember I was at home kind of about to leave the house like 10 minutes later. And then I got a notification saying the match had been postponed later on. So um, I'm not sure. I think it was Tamworth, I think. It, yeah, it might have been. It was in the north for, for certain. Um but we, yeah, we've. I mean, in general, our pitch seems to be really, really good. Um, I mean, we already know that, but um, it seems to last out well, even in really drastic circumstances. And when it has been, you know, um, when it has been called off, other than you know, really severe weather, it seems to have been just because of the referee um, rather than the actual condition of the pitch. Yeah, I think we had a game called off last year, didn't we, against Dagenham at home. Yeah, you know, that got called off, didn't it? Because obviously the person who committed suicide on the um, oh, track. Oh, yeah. It's everyone, because I think, um, who was it? I think Dover had gone all the way to Barrow Blessing. And they um, obviously, that had to be called off, which was not ideal. Yeah, they couldn't get there on the trains. That was terrible. Yeah. But I remember one, I remember the old um, Vauxhall Motors, if everyone remembers that. <laughs> we had them discarded at home so I ended up going to Bolton Millwall that day but yeah gutted I couldn't get my Vanarama fixed for the day so that's really football Fox or Motors and I, I believe I could be wrong but I believe Glen Rule plays for them now in the the in the, the same tier of uh, as Cheatleaf Nomads um, so I think the legend of Glen Rule um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm I think he's a player that's dropped off, you know. I reckon he could still do a job at National North level. I don't know about you, um, but I'm surprised that he's dropped that low. Just um, need to make sure he puts his gum shield in so he stops biting people. <laughs> <laughs> might be okay. Well, didn't, someone, didn't someone say that player who he bit 
um, should have been sent off before him or something like that. I think it was, but again, he just—he was one of them. He was a bit of a hothead. He was—you can't let your emotions get you better of you in terms of that situation. So it's like Harry Winter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to—I have to say, Jim's got the best out of players that are sort of hot-headed. I think if you remember Luis Montrose when he originally came, I think that um, that he was—he was quite hot-headed. Uh, I think—I think he got sent off in a home game. I can't remember who it was, but it was late on. Um, but then he didn't get a, a, a red card under Jim when Jim came in, and I actually remember one of his his first games filed. Yeah, well, obviously, um, we're talking about we're talking about um, game postponements. Um, I mean, what do we think about kind of the rest of the season um, in terms of postponements? Do we think that the season's going to? Go, I mean. The other day, um, I just thought it seems to be almost a popular view now that people think that games are going to get postponed um, and that the season will inevitably kind of be postponed itself or cancelled um, in the near future. But I mean, I'd no, I'd personally, you know, my opinion is strong on that. I don't think in any in any case, um, unless it's to do with the government, that uh, the season should be suspended um, because it's so important to local communities. But I do feel it's a bit of a risk. Yeah, they've cancelled non-elite football now, haven't they? The lower mm. national league, north and south. Yeah. Um, sorry about that little technological error. Um, but no, you're right there, Charlie. I think I think it's a bit of a crazy call to call Buxton versus Grantham off, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, I think that's a bit of a. I don't think there's any harm going to be done from from going to Buxton versus Grantham. I can understand that if it's maybe South Shields and, and FC United and Manchester, because they're actually two fairly big, fairly well-supported teams for that level. But you can't call one game off and and, and not another. So I, I guess I see the, the government's point there. But again, yeah, they'll, they'll have to extend the season is what I'm trying to say, because there's no way you can have... The Northern Premier League having played ten games by Christmas, um, yeah. So yeah, the season will have to get extended. Uh, Although what but, uh, summer it'll be? What a spring summer it'll be next season? You know, talks this morning in the papers about uh, the Euros perhaps being moved to the UK. So you know, I imagine I don't want to tempt fate. I'm not going to say anything about counties uh, maybe success in the in the future. However, uh, you, you can imagine a uh, April May, you know, the running, uh, finally being able to go back to games, even perhaps um, if everything works out, you know, six thousand, seven thousand packs in Fazley Park, you know, touch was it might not happen, but imagine if that happens, and then we go into, um, you know, May, June, July, August, and you know, when the Euros and England are playing at Wembley, um, I mean, that would be some summer to behold, but as I say, touch wood. Yeah, I agree. Um, ben, what are your thoughts on uh, on on leagues below the national north being cancelled? Well, obviously it's tough because you've got a lot of teams struggling financially. But again, it's the whole thing of keeping people safe. That's the main priority right now. But as you said, it's kind of hard thing because obviously you've got so many teams up in the north that are going to different places, say an hour and two hours away. That it's really again not safe if you're having the following that FC do. 
But yeah, uh, no, I personally I say if it goes beyond beyond closed doors, it should be fine. But again, the football without the fans is nothing. So that's where my viewpoint stands on it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, can we see our league being postponed at any stage? No, I don't think so personally. I think in terms of with Boris when he managed to give us all the grants for the National League, so I think that should have been all right. Because obviously I saw a few things on the news and the CEO was saying how obviously it was well needed. But I think in terms of the way they dispersed it, it wasn't ideal because you only had Bournemouth who get about 400 and the amount of money they got compared to like a team like York who are getting two, 3,000 every week is considerably less. Yeah, I think the the distribution of that money was a bit um, wasn't equal from from what I, from what I call. It. I seem to recall though that we got a, a quite high proportion of it though. Yeah, so we. I'm not going to blame. No, blame. yeah, we we got. Um, what I heard at the time is that so the clubs like Chesterfield, um, you know, Notts and County, um, all got quite substantial sums. I think because you know we're in the National League. Um, you know, not the National North or South, and we get high attendances. I think that was easy for them. Um, I also think that it's easy to do it on attendances in the National North and South, so I don't know how on earth they've managed to mess that one up. Um, but I think that it's, yeah, we've, we've got quite a bit in our league. I mean, talking of that, um, there was a letter written to the National League um, asking for the resignation of the chairman, um, I believe, from um, a, from a group of clubs. Um, who weren't getting the money that I wanted. Um, does anyone know anything else about that? I'm not completely sure. I saw uh, Hereford did it. That's the only thing yeah. I've seen about did it. Did Files sign it, actually? I think I they think did, actually. Had, yeah, so that may ring a bell, actually, although I can, can sort of see why why they may may want the uh, the resignation of, 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 of the head of the National League. But it's tough look on them. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've not heard a lot on it. Um, so yeah, so, yeah, I think it'd be a bit far to, to, to push for the resignation of the National League um, chairman. Although they are a bit clown, they are a bit. If I may say so myself, I think they do have a bit of clownery about them for to recall them suspending Jim three months after an incident he played in the Brackley game versus yeah, Osby Brackley, and then suspending him three months later, which I think was a bit crazy. Um, but no, yeah, that, that's that's the the, the the lack of class from the uh, from the national league, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, um, I'll move on. What what do we make of of the the renaming of the south stand or the pop side as it was now to what is it? Can't remember the name. It's something the, to do with together stand. I think. The, yeah, the together stand. Um, as, as the lyrics to our to our famous chant um, about West Ham and Palace, I think it is. A, I don't think they'll be getting buried uh, under the together. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, what do we make of that? Has Mark Stott has he gone for a bit of money, losing a bit of? I don't know. What, what, what's our opinions on it? What's our opinions on it? If it's getting money in for the club, it's a good thing. But I don't think nobody's going to call it a together stand. It'll just be known as the pop side. It's what it's been called for years and. Everyone will still sit by that. Yeah, I agree. Ben, what do you think? Well, obviously, you get a few people on Twitter who are, like, love to have a moan about everything. But um, 
I think it's a good thing for the club again. It's another sponsor. It's more money getting put into the club. And the whole thing about when the Cheedling got renamed the Pioneer Cheedling, just because it had a sponsor next to it, it doesn't make any difference. You're not going to say, all right, where are you sitting? Oh, the Pioneer Cheedling. You just say the Cheedling. So uh, on that note, it's again, it's not really that big of a thing. As he said, to change the name of any part to the Vi Arena or something like that, that's where we'd be thinking, hold on a minute, what's going on? But again, it's nothing that is generally affecting anyone apart from the sponsors so yeah um i agree and speaking of the cheeland what do we make of our the massive beautiful uh illuminous logo uh on our brand new cladding that again it's gorgeous oh yeah i can't we can't say much well oh i'm not saying that no one else can speak obviously but there's not much more that I can say personally other than it is almost oh, a very, very gorgeous thing. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind having one of those myself and my <laughs> put it that way. I saw a person moaning at it because one of the lines wasn't in line with the badge on the stand. Stupid. People will find the problem challenge. Yes. <laughs> you can't yeah. please everyone. Yeah, exactly. I went to go and pick some kits for me, little cousin. It was his eighth birthday the other week. So, um, yeah, well, I went to just go and have a look at it. And, oh, wow, it was amazing. Just obviously just seeing that when you're walking down on a Tuesday night and you just, you get that feeling. It's just like, wow. Just the development that Mark starts brought in has just been immense. So, how, what, um, how do we take our sort of rebranding of, of the ground? I don't, rebranding's not the right word there, but how do we take our, our ground to the next level. Surely something has to be um, done about the Bagari, uh, about the Danny Bagara stand. But, but what? It's quite it's quite limited what we can do. How? I mean, we've seen a change in dugouts, but how how far do we? How far can we go with with the rest of our ground? What what do we upgrade it? Any, any ideas? I feel like um, I'm I'm really excited for the future of Edgley Park. I mean, I think kind of if we were to to move stadium, it wouldn't be anywhere near as much exciting as the future developments of Edgley Park because we've just lived and kind of seen so many memories there. And the idea, especially with the main stand, so, you know, going on to the main stands, I feel as though, I mean, from what I've heard, I think it would be possible to replace the roof. Um, don't quote me on that. Um, I'm not a qualified architect at all. Um, you know, I'm doing French A-level. I don't know anything about roofing at all. Um, however, I believe that um, you, I believe that you'd be able to there, um, and in the yeah with the pop end, I think that they'll that what they'd probably do is build a new um, pop end. I'm calling the pop end, not the south stands, um, just for now. But um, I think the railway ends and the pop ends. The the ideas I get from social media and what other people are saying is that they will in the future be rebuilt. I mean, he wants to extend the capacity to, what is it, 17,500, something along those lines. So, I mean, it, it's just really exciting. Um, 17,500, I've not heard that, that number before. Was that something he said in in, uh, in his in his interview? In interview, yeah. So, uh, I, do, I do think we have a lot of positives that we can do. Obviously, we can build on the than the old together stand, but um, we've got another one. again the Gdlen can fit about five six thousand, so I think that's not a major area for concern. 
and taking the away fans, if we get, obviously, hopefully get it back into league football, I wouldn't mind not putting a roof on there because if the away fans are say, I don't know, like a Salford game, if it could actually rain on them, I really wouldn't be bothered. So, (laughs) (laughs) and how it is. (laughs) That's fair enough. But I do think we'd all love a, I do think we all love, we'd all love a, a roof on that away end. Um, just, just, just feels too open. I don't know about your vibes. I'd, I'd get proper, proper ground vibes off. I'm not saying our ground isn't proper, but I'd just get like a, I don't know, a different kind of vibe off, off a roof on that. Packed in with the atmosphere, I'd, I'd think. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It'll create a more, a more yeah. interesting atmosphere. But I actually think it, um, if we were to revert to, I don't know, like the old days, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a, a, a good idea if we could have home fans in that like away end if you know what I mean so we so the players are attacking both home ends and just put all the away all the away fans in the pop side because there is actually the old um, I think it's the old gate at the back of the, the away end so I'd be interested in having our players attack two home ends if you know what I mean obviously Cheedland is still you know encourages the players to get forward but it doesn't work if you're hitting another end if you know what I mean so I, I'd, I'd be interested in, in in having home fans in in both ends, but yeah, no, um, yeah, um, development of the of the ground for the foreseeable future. I mean, we do have a bigger ground than or the same size as Bournemouth, um, but I don't know. I don't know how far we can go with that. Um, I mean, it's about the getting higher tents as well. Obviously, we can't have a bigger ground and then not get attendances. But I do think that the um, there's a capacity around Stockport for for fans to come to the grounds. I mean, obviously people are going to be begrudging to having, you know, uh, plastic Man United and City fans come to the ground. But I do feel that we have we, we have got to embrace that in the next few years. Um if we're going to kind of bring uh, bring football league football back to Stockport. Um and you know what what I'm saying is a massive area around you know, now that Macclesfield are um you know, right down in the doldrums in Northwest Counties League. And, you know, you, you stretch out to Poynton, um, you're all the way into the Peak District. You've got quite a high population out there. You go up to Hyde, you go up to Ashton. I mean, who wouldn't want to come to a brand new renovated Edgeley Park um, in the future? So I think I can understand why he wants to gradually renovate the grounds. And if he wants to be in the championship by 2027, then... Um, I can see us reaching those attendances, um, and I'd hope so. Do we reckon we can get championship by 2027? It's doable. I think it'd be very difficult. Yeah. Difficult. Go on. Difficult but doable. I think a lot depends on this season, surely, um, because Mark's still be looking at the bounce back effect on, on. on League Two, if you know what I mean. So the number of teams that win the National League and then go up from the from League Two. I mean, we've seen in the FA Cup actually quite recently the amount of non-league sides that have beaten League One, League Two sides. Um, so yeah, Ben, do you think do you think 2027 is a is doable? Hypothetically, saying if we get promoted this season. Well. As you mentioned, Alex, what you said about the FA Cup, there's a lot of upsets which have occurred last week. So it shows you again like the, the gap of not 
league compared to league football, it's shortening all the time. And I do think, obviously, what Mark started said in his interview as well is this is the hardest league we're going to get out of. Because, again, we've only got one automatic place, whereas if we went up to League Two, you've got three. So you've got a whole, you've got a load of area to go for. But I think, personally, yes, if we make it out of the league this year, it's a lot more doable than, say, if we stay in next year and we have problems. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, any other points on the agenda, lads, um, for, the, for, this, for this week's podcast? I was just going to say about the FA Cup draws, there's some interesting draws, if anyone wants to draw up on that. Yeah, haven't, haven't surely got Portsmouth, I want to say, or Peterborough? No, got Peterborough away. Peterborough. Um, top of League One, so it'll be hard for the league yeah, last round, so... Yeah, well, well Wigan are in free fall. I mean, John Sheridan was on a one-month contract. I don't know if you knew that, but he was on a one-month contract that it would get renewed every every week so and now he's gone and left to gone to Swindon because Richie Wellens has gone to Salford um, but interesting just an interesting point on another ex-hatter Sam Walker has left um, Chorley oh, yeah. do, do we know do we know why because that that was a really short stint there has anyone anyone got any clues we know Chorley weren't doing very well um, don't we but it's it kind of shocks me I mean it's I, I don't know I mean Sam Walker's moved a lot of clubs now. He signed for Macclesfield originally, didn't he? Um, oh, that is a good point. I forgot about that. So yeah, it's clubs. So he moved. To, I mean, a few of our players have had unsteady starts at a new clubs. Um, we look at Elliot Osborne. He was going to be playing in the National League um, with Stevenage, and now he's playing in the Football League. And who did he score against? Um, in the was it the EFL Trophy? He scored against someone. Yeah. So we've got a few players um, doing things that they didn't expect to be doing when they signed for their respective clubs in August. Um, yeah, well, Stephen and Chabon had a great start either. They've had one win in their opening 12, I want to say, which is be worrying form for them, although they did stay up last season, well, technically, with, with three wins throughout the whole year, um, which is, you know, they got very lucky due to the uh, the demise of Macclesfield. But um, can, we see, can we see Mac doing a Wimbledon, if you get what I mean? Or Berry? Because obviously Berry have been out, but uh, I think Wimbledon are the prime example of how to do, how to go from nothing, go, how to go from something to nothing back to something again. So can we can we see can we see Mac bringing themselves back into the football league in a in a rapid time? Well, it all just depends on investment because obviously you had the the whole thing of obviously them getting bought out by guy who and Stockport Town, I believe. But just as he let the club like obviously. Like go back to where the Northwest Counties League without taking them over. So I don't know where his morals are personally on that front. But again, all again it says that football uh, investment is a major, major key in terms of being where you want to be. So it all, again, it all depends financially. Alex. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. Um, any other comments? I I think that they um I I can see it happening um. I've, I kind of, I, I can see it happening, but at the same time, they've got, I feel as though they've kind of got a few more hurdles to conquer than Wimbledon did, um, in that um, they're, they're planning, almost the fact that they're so aspirational, it could be kind of their biggest wall 
in a way, um, in that they're, they're, they're trying to make the pitch uh, into a 3G pitch. And, you know, if it gets to the National League um, and then once it gets to the Football League, then they'll have to remove that 3G pitch and spend quite a bit of money. And I kind of, I, d- I don't know, it's going to be a long way back from Ecclesfield. Um, and it's horrible to see them. You know, one of my first ever football games um, was was a Macclesfield game. Uh, not that I'm a Macclesfield fan, obviously, all my allegiances lie elsewhere. Um, but I hope that they can. Um, but I think there are quite a fair few hurdles along the way, as I was saying. Yeah. Um, any comments, Charlie, on uh, all of the uh, back? Uh, it'll take um, more than 15 years, in my opinion. <clears throat> wow. More than 15, because, well, the, the the National North is obviously a very tough league, yeah. much tougher than when Wimbledon came up. Um, so I think I, I think I, I know I think I remember uh, Barry Barry's new owner or whoever it is. I think I remember them saying he'll finance them to the national league, um, but then like that then that's it um, because you need more than money to win the national league, um, which I would agree with. Um, you need money and the right manager, and I, I think I think we've got it. I do think we've got it. Um, Jim certainly. He's, Jim's not a national league manager. He isn't a national oh, league I, I, I think. Although it does beg the question as to why he was managing Northwich though a few years ago. Surely, surely there would have been a job for him in the in the football league, or at least back in non-league. Um, so that, that, that is an interesting one as to why Jim Jim went deeper in a non-league. Um, but yeah, um, any last points? I was just going to say in terms of venturing into non-league. I feel as though he's quite a local man in terms of his managing. I mean, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, which clubs has he managed? He's managed County. Um, Motherwell before. Motherwell, right. Motherwell, Port Vale, Peterborough, North. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, mainly, he's not ventured down south. Um, I don't don't believe. Obviously, Motherwell um, is, uh, yeah, that's, that's quite a um, anomaly in that pattern, but um, in terms of the clubs that he's managed, so I kind of I think he likes to stay quite local. Um, so I mean, all the play, I don't think it's bad that he's been to Northwich at all because a lot of the players we've got now is it Alex Reed was here. Uh, Bennett, I know Jordan, Jordan Williams was. Yeah, Bennett, Bennett as well. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, that's fair point. And even even in the past, uh, we've had Northwich players, uh, Michael Clark. Ducks, um, from Ducks, yeah, yeah. Ducks, uh, I think there was another, maybe some more Josh Amis, can't forget Josh Amis, who could oh, forget Josh Amis. Oh, what a Clark Avenue. Really... What a day that was, Bradford away. Um, yeah, what a day Bradford away was. Um, and the following season what, as well. Just a question, what was a better Bradford away? Jimmy Balls winner or the two late goals? Um, the two late goals. For, for Amis and, I think it was an own goal or slash Danny Lloyd that day. Um Two like goals. What about you, Ben? Do you prefer? Oh, I'll probably say my favourite prop for Park Avenue away day was on Tuesday night when um, they managed to score from the halfway line. Yeah, what a night that was. I was there. That was probably that was... one of the first times where, obviously, we were doing the table, got a little bit of a run together. And that night, I remember just coming back in the car, just thinking, are we ever, ever going to get out of this league? It was, <laughs> it was not, it was not good for the heart, to say the very least. But... <laughs> It's also to make a um, point about Jim Gannon, obviously, we said about his managing. I think what he does very well is he's 
really good at developing players to re- exceed their potential. Because obviously you looked at the side that you had at Norfolk now. You had Jordan Williams, who's now with us. You Richie Bennett, who's now with us. Jimmy Ball, who's playing for Solihull, but he was playing at Stevenage. He had, a, again, like Ian Howard, who obviously played for County. So he had a good base of players when he was managing there. So, And obviously with Duxbury as well. So I do think in terms of his managing, you can do to bring players up, which is why I think obviously it will help for when, if we have Gannon next year, can help us really solidify in League Two. Yeah, I agree. Um, just one thing about that Bradford away, uh, that Bradford away game. Uh, that was the first time I ever heard the chant Arthur Brownlow, and I don't think I don't think I've I've forgotten it. But it is a yeah. Um, just on that Jim comment, um, in that in that FA because he went on an FA Cup run. Um, Jim did, and he actually came up against Chris Wilder and Dominic Calvert Lewin of Northampton. So I, I, they only lost three two, and considering they were part timers, I don't think it was a. I don't think it would have been a fluke. I genuinely think Jim would have had a sort of a professional approach towards that that game. And I know I know I'm re- reviewing a game in the FA Cup from maybe like seven years ago or something, but I don't think Jim doesn't change, uh, and that uh, and that's a, that can be a good and bad thing because I think he's changed now in, t- in terms of how he's managing us. Um, I think he's adapted to, the, to, to, a, to a new scenario. But then again, um, just in terms of formation, that is. But then again, we did see a, a three at the back last year. And I don't think we saw it in the National North. Um, um, but, no, but, didn't see it. We played 4-2-3-1. But um, what I was also saying is in terms of with Gannon, the way we've defensively set up now, I think he's obviously quite like a defensive coach. It's like last week, obviously, we could have tried to go on the break, but like the whole of the second half against Rochdale, we just found it superbly. So I think as long as you've got a team which all know each other's jobs and where you need to be position-wise, yeah. I think it's a very dangerous, dangerous mix. So, yeah, it's a very key element to succeed, and I believe that we have that this year. I think with the, I think it's the first time his management. I mean, when he was managing Port Vale, did he have the, uh, did he have the funds behind him to succeed? I wouldn't say he had that many. He had that many funds. Um, obviously he wouldn't at Northwich. Um, and, and even at Motherwell, you know, now he's at a very, very well back team in County. Uh, you know, he's got the capital to succeed and. I think that he feels as though he's got to change. You know, he's got people behind him. Simon Wilson. Um, you know, he's got a lot of people around him. And whilst I hope that they don't influence his um, management too much, um, because you know we know that Jim's not stubborn, but he likes to stick to his own ways. Um, so you know, we know that, and we don't want him to be influenced in any bad ways by other people. But I feel as though the fact that he does feel as though we have to change can. Um, help the club quite a bit um you know i was surprised um last season when we made a substitution at half time for the first time like ever you know where jim yeah. Gannon's substitutions are always in the 60th minute we bring yeah, one or two jim, subs on jim doesn't do half time subs no, which is quite unique is. um but i think i feel like we'll see more of them now um but i, I also get the sense of he feels the pressure and he's under pressure due to obviously Mark Starton, as we were saying earlier, the demands for us to to get out of this to get out of this league so we can win the next league, if you know what I mean. Um, so I think he's feeling a lot of pressure. Any comments about that, Charlie? What a pressure. Um now my mind's gone blank. 
<laughs> I'd say he's feeling the pressure because obviously, but in terms of the the financial backing he's got, we've got so many. As we were mentioning last week, we've got so many versatile players that we can now again we can have players. We don't just have a start in eleven, and then it's like we go weak. He's always like people like maybe Crowsdale. Um, Oh, who else have you got? You've got stop maybe come off the bench. Jennings again, just strengthen up at the back. Say if we're trying to keep about a two-nil lead. So, you know, I definitely think in terms of he's feeling the pressure. But in terms of, I don't think Jim will feel the pressure as much as we believe him to. Because obviously the backing that he's got, and I think the belief he has in the players that he signed. So, yeah, I'd, I'd agree I'd with that. Gilmore as well. Oh, Gilmore, yeah. He's, um, they rate him so highly um, at Tranmere. Um, I think Connor Jennings, I don't know why I think this. I mean, I can imagine it. Connor Jennings probably put a word in for him um, because he came from Tranmere. But he's a, yeah, he sounds like a very, very good, um, you know, tricky young winger. Um, you know, definitely something to bring to the team. Um, and I just, yeah, I, can't, I don't know when he's going to be coming back. Does anyone else know? I think I think mentioning about Harvey Gilmore, um, you obviously I think we had a well on Jim said on Twitter that he's coming back to full fitness, which again this little lockdown period that we've got of no games might actually help us in terms of getting everyone back to full fitness. Obviously we had um, Jordan Williams who came back last week, but he had a bit of a niggle for about two three weeks. So again, the the obviously the the disadvantage of having no football, it sucks for us. We've not got anything to do, really, on a Saturday. Yeah. Obviously, if we've got everyone fresh-faced and ready for Yeovil on the 28th, and we push on from there from November, we could be sitting top by Christmas, which would be lovely. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, who do we, who do we Who's our first league game after Yeovil? Do we know? Um, I want to say... Well, I think we've got Bromley and Barnet away, and then Ooh, that rings a bell. Yeah, they ring bells. So yeah. Bromley, Barnet. I mean, Bromley are a strong side. I think everyone everyone forgets about them, but they are. Who's their manager? I can't remember. I always forget his name. He's a good uh, Neil. I've got the word Neil in my name. Yeah, I've got it. Neil in my head as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember his name, but. He's a good manager, manager we can't underestimate. And, uh, Barnett, and hope- oh yeah, Bromley, Barnett, and then Sutton. Yeah. Oh, so three three games that we need nine points from. Yeah. Really. Um, but yeah, we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to pick up where we started. Uh, we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to pick up where we ended. Sorry. Um, so hopefully we can we can make that push um, push for you know to because I'm assuming that we'll be mid table by the by the time we're back, considering everyone else will have played three more games than us. Mm. Um, so, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, we can find ourselves back in that promotion chase. Just before just before we end, I know it's a couple of weeks away, but do we think we can beat Yeovil? And how comfortably? With if, the form they're on at the minute, I think we've got a strong chance of beating them. But we just don't know how they're going to play over the next few weeks and I'll get some confidence... Could possibly bring some new players in as well to get them going, and then might be a completely different side by the time we play them. I think again, it's I think the the more they're getting knocked down in the league, is the more dangerous they become in the cup. Because again, 
they're going to come to us not they're, they're, they're the underdogs. They've got they've got nothing to lose, which again is a dangerous thing. And I think in terms of like the dynamic that we might have after the restart is if we get keeping the back lane of games, they say Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. If we're about three, four games behind everyone else, and it puts quite a bit of pressure on us, which is again, not ideal. You want to be on a level playing field, but again, we need to thrive on that pressure of being three, four games behind and making sure we rally up them. Yeah, I think the games in hand are a good thing for us uh, in some ways, because um, I, I seem to recall us in the the, the title winning season. I seem to recall us having games in hand then. Um, yeah, we did actually. Maybe. Um, um, Chester. But, yeah. Chester. 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 I don't want to talk about games on my birthday. It's not all about me, but Spenny Moore at home, Sam Walker free kick. Oh, uh, oh that was that was a great birthday weekend, I tell you what. Um, but um, but yeah, we've had some, we've had some, uh, we have done well with the rescheduled game games actually. We, we, we had Aston United but, Tuesday night when we won the league, when we beat them 6-0. Yeah. Yeah, Aston United, good, again, good game. Good game. That was part time as well. Yeah, that was uh, one of the games that got us on our way, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I seem to recall that. Was that after the Chorley game? I want to say no, because that that Chorley was a, a Tuesday. Chorley was uh, one of the last games. I think. Oh, well, no, yeah, no, no, at home. At home, at home yeah, home. it was after. Oh. It was in. It was in December, wasn't oh, actually, it? Oh, actually, when so, I want to think about it. Both with the times we played Chorley and Ashton were both close to each other both times because I was on about Chorley at home, but we did play. Ashton at home and then Chorley away. Yeah. Makes sense. We, we played them two both times. And I, actually, that season, incredibly, Ashton actually beat Chorley. So, uh, yeah. We t- yeah we t- I remember t- that. And then it set us up, you know, winning that game 6 0 set us up for, I tell you what, what an amazing and um, festive period that was um, when we went. I don't know how many games we won. I think we actually almost won. Yeah, we might have won all the games. Um, yeah. And I, I'll I think, him at home. The thing that clicks to my mind that Paul Turnbull, Frank Malone goal. Or, or so if Pogba does that, then it's all over the news of Kevin De Bruyne and all of that. But no, because it's exactly. Paul Turnbull. No, I mean with the um, back heel as well at the in home oh, game yeah. against what against Ashton. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. That I did not that expect a, that at all. A good goal. Um, one thing I do remember about the festive period is the the Alfreton away game. Because we were we were woeful, we were poor that game. I don't, again, I think Billy Heath is another. I don't know how we've gone on to Billy Heath, but Billy Heath, I think, is another one of those um, it's called bogeymen. We cannot deal with him. You know what I mean? Him, Brackley, don't have a clue against him. Uh, yeah. Although, yeah, Billy Heath was Billy Heath. I actually think stunted the growth of Tom Denton anyway. But that's just my personal opinion because. Uh, we all know Denton is a very, very, very good player. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, anything else, lads? Um, can I say I'm just over the moon that we didn't get Brackley in the FA Cup draw? Um, that is that's, a good that's point. That's it from me. That is a good point. Um, we don't want Brackley. I'm so Do you know how many times we've beaten? We've been in the same league as them um, since dropping into non-league. 
uh, well, since dropping it in the north. Do you know how many times we've beaten? And can you name the game? That's my question. I remember drawing against them. I don't remember beating them. I think we beat them away two one. I I I disagree with the score. I have three nil and Courtney Meppen Walters with two goals. I don't know yeah. about you, but I, I have I have, I have that because I seem to recall listening to it on the radio that Courtney had scored two goals. <laughs> I mean, Courtney, Courtney, do you know what? Every goal Courtney scored was a banger. I can think of Staley Bridge away and Harrogate away. Uh, Harrogate away boxing now, I want to say. Harrogate but away. Bangers, banging goals. Never scored a bad goal. Although he was a very versatile player, I think it was actually Brackley, a bloody Brackley at home or Harrogate at home that Jim played him centre back midfield and up front all in one game, which is the kind of versatility we want. Jim loves his versatility, and I think Courtney is that that prime prime example of versatility at Stockport County. Um, so yeah, um, if we've got no point, no more points. Uh, do we have any more points now? No. I'll, I'll silence as a no. Um, so thank you all for watching the second Hatters Chatters podcast in association with Hatters Matters. Um, we'll link him in the description below. Um, but yeah, thanks for watching, everyone. Right. That's the. Thank you for watching. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Hatters Chatters podcast. Just to let you know, we are also now available on Spotify along with YouTube that you can listen to your weekly county roundup on the go. Thanks again for listening and we'll hopefully see you next time.